Hello and welcome to Wellbeing World, the podcast, brought to you by the University of Lincoln Student Wellbeing Centre. So today we're going to be talking all about emotional fitness. My name's Hayley and I am joined with Verity and Carrie. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so today we've finally got a bit more sunny weather, thank you, because it's been a rubbish summer so far. So we're going to be talking about emotional fitness and um, how to become emotionally fit and more importantly, what is emotionally fit. <laughs> As we think about emotional fitness then, what would you define emotional fitness to be? Well, I googled it, so I thought <laughs> I'll have a look and see what Google's got. So, I mean, the main bit of the definition was around being resilient, being positive, having that ability to focus. So it's learning how to change your mindset when you're angry or you're anxious or you feel upset and finding ways of kind of changing that into constructive emotions and tasks. So finding ways of channeling that positively. Um, I think it's something that everybody has to kind of build on and learn. It's not something that you just necessarily know how to do. Um, it's so. definitely a build of skills, yeah. isn't it? And I think yeah. on the um, student, I had a look on student life to see what students were kind of speaking about. And mm-hmm. they had a really good vlog, actually, on the importance of emotional fitness, mm-hmm. which was really nice to see it from a student's point of view. So, um, yeah, I had a little look to that. And I think it's really uh, goes in well with the five ways to well-being carry and I know that you kind of had a bit of a input in one of our sessions we did as staff yesterday. Yeah so obviously five ways to well-being for us it kind of underpins a lot of what we do but it's mostly important I think because it's really easy to Mm. incorporate into life and something that we can just do day to day but we have well-being Wednesdays as a staff team um, every month and we wanted to design an activity that really reflected these five ways to well-being because we thought practice what we preach and it's really important that us as a staff team actually do that so we wanted something physically active mm-hmm. to get us away from our desks as we know it's a time of screens and everything feels like we sit down we don't do a lot of, of walking and then really connecting as a team again because we spent quite a lot of time apart we don't yeah. always come into contact with our work so we designed a nature scavenger hunt um, but it was around campus um, we had small teams and we just went around with our cameras, mobile phones, really looking at what's around us, paying attention to what they are, looking at the messages of what we're seeing. And it was a really uplifting activity, something anyone can do. And I, th- I think it was just nice to take some time out and just pause, listen to sounds around you. And just, it was real, really fun. It was really yeah. fun. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it yesterday. And it was a bit of competitiveness yeah. between we're teams. We are very yeah. competitive. Yeah. And you won one of them, didn't you? Yes, yes we won the best photographs. So, <laughs> yeah, chocolates for us. <laughs> but from that, we've got a lovely legacy now because we've got some photos that we actually absolutely really love. So we're yeah. going to make a video montage. But oh, the times when we feel a little bit rubbish yeah. or the weather's not so good, which it's lovely at the minute. Mm. Um, and we can draw on that and we can remember how good that activity was. It's definitely so, something students could get involved yeah, in as well, yeah, isn't it? Just yeah. do a scavenger hunt between yourselves, mm. go and find photographs that you know on that list. Yeah. I just think it's a really nice idea and it definitely revolves around the well-being, um, ways to well-being, the five ways to well-being. Yeah. Um, and I think Megan will be... Yeah doing uh, throughout the podcast she'll be interviewing some of our members of staff around uh, the five ways to well-being and their tips so that looks at things like being physically active connecting with others giving to others um keep learning so you know always increasing your knowledge which in its in turn increases your confidence and your self-esteem and taking notice which is really what we kind of did yesterday taking notice of our surroundings your feelings 
other people's feelings and uh, notice more and enjoy the moment that you're in. So I'm here with Danielle, who's one of our student wellbeing education officers. So Danielle, when you're thinking about the five ways to wellbeing, what would your top tip be for give? My top tip for give would be just to be generous and kind and you know helpful to anyone around, whether it's a stranger in need, you know, through volunteering opportunities or just helping someone that you know, friends, family. Um, I think giving um, is just you know by being kind. That's great. Thank you very much. As we've mentioned, emotional fitness can cover a variety of things and I think that sometimes that's quite overwhelming. So let's completely break it down into sections. So resilience then, what do you think resilience actually means? So to me, resilience is being able to kind of bring yourself and recover quickly. So bring yourself back from difficulty. So it's not saying that you're not going to experience those difficulties, but it's finding ways of learning from those and, mm -hmm. and taking that to move forward so that if you have another challenge, you feel like you can kind of be flexible and adaptive to that. So it's not, again, like with emotional fitness, it's not something that you automatically are just going to have. People aren't, they don't just wake up and they're resilient. It's something that you have to build and you have mm -hmm. to work on. Um, and like you say, it's not to say you can't face challenges. Yeah. And especially as a student, you come into a brand new place, new friends, new people, new learning. It is going, you, you can't get away from it. It's going yeah. to be challenging, but it's yeah. about how you deal with that, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, it's around the fact that you can learn more from those challenges and from those potential failures, mistakes, things like that, mm -hmm. than you can sometimes learn from your successes because actually then you have to be resilient and you have to be flexible and adaptive in that challenge um so it's kind of learning to take that as a positive thing i've dealt with these things and actually now i can take this forward and use that in the future for other if i ever face a challenge again mm, and carrie i know you always sort of talk about building on those coping skills as you move forward you can't learn it all in one no. go can you yeah, and I think Verity said a really important thing about it's okay to make these mistakes, mm. it's okay to struggle, but it's really important to reflect back on them mm. um, and learn from them, I think, because, you know, we're not all built totally strong, are we? And mm. life, life happens. So I just think it's about acknowledging that and building up your skill set. Um, one of the things that we always say, and I know we've said on podcasts before, but and we did this as a team, was just celebrating some of the positive things because yeah. sometimes life can feel really negative or tough, difficult and challenging. Um, so it's important, I think, to hold on to those moments, the good times, the good things people say about you to lift yourself. And it does come from within a lot. So something we started doing at Wellbeing was this positive email folder. <laughs> yeah, we all yeah. did. <laughs> We've all got one. And yeah. It's almost like a rite of passage when you join the team. You have to have a positive folder in your email box. And on the days, we I don't think we have to look at it that often, but if we need to, it's there. On the days when we just want a little pick-me-up. And you can do that yourself, really. You can have a self-esteem file, a journal. We talk about journaling a lot. Yesterday, the things with the photos, they're just so lovely to look back on. They don't take any energy or time. It's just the moments and the memories that they're building and the, and the good emotions in you. So it's really about that. It's looking at these things that I'm feeling about myself sometimes when I feel rubbish. Are they true? Because actually, this evidence goes against that. Mm, yeah. So I think that can be really, really helpful. There's something you can do as a, a flat or um, within your course or just your friends that I've used techniques when I, in previous jobs where if people were really sort of having a bit of a tough time as, as a group, 
um, and you're often a bit low in your self-esteem because maybe the coursework didn't yeah. go right or the mm, exam yeah. was more challenging. Um, writing on each other, like a piece of paper on each other, stick it to each other's back and writing like one positive thing each for each person. Mm. And it just, afterwards, you get a whole A4 yeah. sheet of paper with yeah. five or six yeah. things that are really positive about you. And that's very similar to our positive email yeah. folder. Yeah. And they can just keep that in their drawer. And when they're mm. feeling, you know, a student's feeling a little bit down, you can just take it out and think, oh, well, this actually goes against all of those negative feelings I'm having yeah. about myself. Yeah. And I think it's about finding ways of doing that that works for you. So like for us, obviously we get quite a lot of emails. So yeah. it's so easy for us to put emails into that positive folder. But for you, it may be that someone says something nice to you or you get a really good bit, bit of feedback on an assignment. And you might want to screenshot that or, or copy and paste that into your notes or write it down in a journal, things like mm -hmm. that. So it's finding those different ways. Actually, oh, I remember this person said this really nice thing about me. I'm going to write that down for when I'm feeling... Like, I can't think that yeah. about myself. Yeah, and building those res that resilience yeah. ag against those negative thoughts, isn't it? I think we have a feeling inside that, actually, to be really proud of ourselves is almost bad. Mm. Yeah. You know, I'm bigging myself up, I'm bragging, this isn't right. No, it's, it's so right. You know, if we don't do it for ourselves and we're not our own champions then reflecting out to other people, they're not necessarily going to see that back. Yeah. So, you know, we can we can fake positivity confidence. <laughs> yeah. We can fake confidence. And by doing that, I think it really starts to build your life. And in terms of resilience, it's fantastic. And actually, I think it helps other people because if you are showing your friends and your partner and your family it's okay for me to reflect on the positives. They might then do that too. So you might be able to then help them bolster themselves as yeah. well as giving yourself that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah. think you're right, Carrie. You definitely have to be your own champion yeah. because at the end of the day, you are the person that you know fully you can rely on and you have to be positive about yourself because, like you say, it reflects onto others. I just think that's such a nice way to build resilience. Yeah. Now we can maybe think about some other ideas or changes that you can make to your life that can help build um, your resilience. So thinking of things like assertiveness, Carrie. Yeah, so we're talking, weren't we, about being your own champion in terms of you. Yeah. Um, that works great, but then there's other people in life and the situations in <laughs> yeah. life that actually can be quite challenging, can't they? Whether it's taking feedback or criticism, giving feedback or criticism, even finding your place in a queue in a shop, um, housework, washing up, um, sharing a kitchen in student accommodation it can be all really tough so we can have these wonderful ideas about being these champions of ourselves and set all of these boundaries for ourselves but then there's people so it's about really assertiveness for me is about being the best you you can be in any situation try and think about things from the other person's point of view which in the heat of the moment is always really tough um, and doing some reflection um, but trying to say no if you really don't mean um, if you really don't want to do something. Mm -hmm. So an example of that might be when you first start university, you meet lots of friends, um, and some of them can be quite demanding of your time, and you're trying to find a balance in your life between actually doing your studies, doing your housework, mm -hmm. spending time working on you, you know, and doing things you like, but you have sometimes friends who want you to go out socialising and want you to do things. And at first that's great, but as time changes in university, you start to think maybe I should focus more time on other things. How do you then change those habits when you've actually got into that habit with somebody? So I think defining what you need from the outset, 
feeling okay about saying no and maybe practicing it in situations that aren't as challenging mm -hmm. i think are really good because it's all about then you're left you leave those situations feeling wow i was i was really proud of myself then because i did this didn't necessarily feel comfortable but it's a start you know mm -hmm. and it's something that i'm going to take forward and i think a lot of people see assertiveness as being aggressive or selfish and it really isn't it's almost like i have to be sort of selfish to get the best for me out of things and i'm not going to go away and worry that i've agree to something I don't really want to do and I think in terms of resilience that's really important yeah I totally agree with that and another thing maybe is about giving yourself a break Verity I know you wanted to speak a little bit about this yeah I think it's just the basics of actually learning to be kind to yourself so with the assertiveness knowing that actually to get the best out of a situation you do have to think what do I need yeah. what do I want from this so actually I think knowing and being gentle and kind to yourself can actually help the amount of pressure you take from a difficult situation because you're not then punishing yourself for being in that situation yeah. you're thinking actually you know I was in this situation I couldn't help that and so I'm going to be gentle with myself I'm going to think I'm going to take a walk or I'm going to spend some time with a friend or I'm even just going to say to myself well done for making it through that situation and, and it's just giving yourself that kind of boost of I manage this and I can move forward so I think Maybe the next time you're struggling with your resilience or you, you make a mistake or you forget to say no and be assertive and you agree to something, be kind to yourself and mm -hmm. think, I'll try again next time. You know, I, this isn't the end. I can still move forward. I can still develop that assertiveness and resilience and I can do that moving forward. Great. And there's lots of other things to think about, such as finding a balance in life, building your support network and looking after your physical health as mm -hmm. well. So if you're sat at home listening to this podcast thinking, I could really do with building my resilience yeah. then we've got loads and loads of resources we have a skills shop things that we can send you um in an email so contact us come to a drop-in or something so that we can discuss you know all the different resources we have because there are ways of building this up so i'm here with alex who's one of our mental health advisors so alex what would your top tip be for the five ways to well-being under learn so my advice would be to try and get a good night's sleep. I know that can be really difficult when you're a student and you're in new surroundings or living with other people, but things like try not to have any caffeine in the evenings, um, don't work from your bed, things like that will really help. Thank you. We've spoken a few ways about how to build skills to be resilient. So you can be assertive, you can be kind to yourself, but actually in the heat of that moment, it can be really challenging. Um, but there are some really good techniques that we can we can talk to you about. Um, and one of those is stop. So our lovely mental health advisor, Pippa, is going to talk you through how to manage those emotions in the heat of the moment. Hello. We will be exploring strategies to manage stress and anxiety in the short term by using the stop technique. Used in CBT, DBT and mindfulness, STOP is a technique used to help us manage stress and anxiety in the moment. It is a technique used to help us take more control over the space between a triggering event and our reaction. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. For some, this space can be very short or feel almost non-existent. But this is usually because we have a certain automatic way of responding to anxiety or stress that has become ingrained in us. STOP allows us to make the most of this space and choose how we respond so that we can act or behave in a more constructive and useful way. How to use the STOP technique? S for STOP. 
Just pause for a moment. T, take a breath. Focus on your breathing before you do anything else. Take a long, deep breath in through your nose. Hold for a moment and a slow, long breath out through your mouth. Allow your mind to solely focus on the sensation of breathing in and out. This sounds easy, but will require effort on your part. O, observe. What thoughts are you having right now? What is happening to your body physically? How are you behaving and how would you want to behave? Can you label the emotions you are experiencing? And what is it that you are really reacting to in this way? P, pull back or put in some perspective. Pull back and look at the bigger picture. Are your thoughts rational? Is this fact or opinion? Is there perhaps a more logical way of looking at the situation? What advice would you give to someone else in your position? How important is this really? And how important will it be tomorrow or in a week or in a month? Be your own cheerleader and tell yourself that how you are feeling will not last and remind yourself that you have the strength to deal with this. P. Proceed and practice. Now you have had the time to pull back and reflect, choose what action would be best for you and the situation and then proceed with it and practice this technique regularly to ensure it works when you need it to. When can you use this technique? This technique can be used in any situation in which you feel an increase in anxiety, stress, fear, panic or are feeling overwhelmed. Some examples of situations in which the STOP technique could be helpful include social or busy environments, examinations or assignments, presentations, specific social interactions, attending certain significant events, balancing multiple pressures and demands, external concerns such as financial, social, academic or housing worries, internal concerns such as low self-esteem, low confidence and low resilience, previous lived experiences, particularly when they are having a negative impact on you now. Remember, an anxiety or stress response will reach a peak and come back down. Sometimes it can feel very uncomfortable, but you will get through it and things will start to ease and calm again. By using the STOP technique, you can train yourself to notice the signs of your stress or anxiety levels building nice and early. The earlier you notice and address it, the easier it will be in the future to regain control. The Student Wellbeing Centre hold a drop-in service which takes place Monday to Friday between 12 and 2 and Thursday evenings during term time between 5 and 7. If you would like to get in touch with us, please give us a call on 01522 886 400 or email studentwellbeing at lincoln.ac.uk. There is also a lot more useful information and advice on our website and you can follow us on our social media. Useful resources. Mental Health Matters is a 24-7 phone line that can provide emotional support, advice and guidance if you are feeling low, anxious or stressed and think you might benefit from speaking to someone. By calling 0800 001 4331, you can speak to a member of a highly trained and experienced team of support workers who will be able to provide appropriate support. Together All is a 24-7 online mental health community which includes peer-to-peer -peer support, guided self-help and online courses. Sign up for free using your student email address. Shout 85258 is a free, confidential, 24-7 anonymous text messaging support service for anyone who is struggling to cope. You can text from wherever you are in the UK. 
So I'm here with Tom, who's one of our student wellbeing education officers. So Tom, thinking about the five ways to wellbeing, what would your top tip be for Connect? I think for Connect, it's good to do it regularly. Um, one of the highlights of my day is when we get home from work and get my little girl home from nursery. Um, we always FaceTime my mum, have a little catch up with the day um, and spend time together. Um, so whether that's in person um, or in our case over the phone, it's really good just to connect in regularly with people. Um, it doesn't have to be the same people, you know, mix it up, call different friends and family, uh, but just keep that contact regular so you're sort of still involved with um, everyone else's lives. Thank you. So Pippa has just spoken to you about the stop technique. So why don't you pause us, <laughs> put us on pause, but please come back um, and give it a go so that when you're next in that moment, you've kind of already tried that technique. Yeah. Um, and then now we can kind of speak about the importance of focusing on constructive emotions. So Carrie, can you explain a little bit about what we mean by that? Well, we feel a whole host of emotions, don't we, throughout a day? Every day. <laughs> so it is a bit of a roller coaster, and I think it's really important to acknowledge that. You know, we do feel a whole host of emotions. We're feeling beings, that's what we are. Um, but we often think we feel a bit shameful or we're encouraged to hide away from some of the negative, or what we think might be negative emotions, like anger or frustration, you know, feeling cross. It's, it's almost unnatural, especially society kind of gives us that message a little bit. Um, and it can worry us. So if we feel a lot of intense anger, oh God, like there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And I think we're trying to say to you, actually, it's really important to acknowledge those because it's not a scary thing to feel those whole host of emotions. It actually is because you're a human. Um, and our emotions are telling us something about our feelings. Mm -hmm. um, so start to name them. Start to think about what it is that you're feeling because that's part of the whole journey towards looking at constructive I guess emotions. it also gives, if you do that, it also gets you to pause and think about what yeah. is it that I'm feeling. That yeah. takes you away from, yeah. from that for a few seconds. Because we'll have a hot it? emotion that we feel. Oh my gosh, I'm so angry. When actually underneath that, there's probably a lot more going on, but that's our go-to feeling. Mm. Okay. So I guess that, you know, that all sounds quite effective in, in terms of um, the vocabulary we use and shaping... Um, those actions around what we're feeling as well isn't it so if mm. we feel if we think we feel a certain way how do we then shape that um so using you know how do we start to do that verity would you say so i think it's around like you said taking that time and thinking what actually am i feeling because you know every emotion has extremes and different levels of intensity so we could instantly feel low and think I'm, de I'm depressed that's how I feel that is exactly what it is but actually you take a second and you think let's dig a little bit deeper into that what am I feeling am I feeling sad am I feeling low am I feeling tearful and actually then it kind of gives you that chance to think how long have I fe been feeling this way does it come and go does it fluctuate and it's just really digging into that and thinking how intense am I feeling this how much is this impacting on my daily life so you can do that with any with any emotion. So feeling angry, like Carrie mentioned, actually deep down, maybe that's frustration. Maybe there's something that's not gone the way that you thought it would. So your initial emotion is anger, but actually a little bit further into that, you just feel a little bit stressed and a little bit frustrated about a situation. So I think being able to work out the level of intensity, so whether that is that you feel tearful or whether it is that you feel depressed and we're not saying that you can't feel those ways but it's kind of once you work out how you're feeling in those moments you realize that 
actually yeah. your emotions go hugely up and yeah, down yeah, and it can help you kind of work through it because actually if you're feeling tearful it might be more thinking about well what's happened why am I feeling tearful yeah so it's it's kind of taking that time to work through it and think about it I think is is helpful and I think for me personally I am quite a tearful person so sometimes people might think I'm really really down but actually I'm probably crying happy tears yeah. or I'm stressed <laughs> yeah. or I'm angry about something or something hasn't gone quite the way I planned or it could be a really happy emotion and excited yeah. emotion I still cry so yeah I think it's about digging deeper isn't it about yeah what's actually underneath yeah. for you so I think those were really, some really good tips around identifying your emotions so if we don't do that then what happens if we suppress emotions I think they can just feel incredibly overwhelming. Um, we're often told, you know, in in life, oh, it just is what it is, you know, just just suck it up. Or Get on with pe- it. <laughs> people are far worse off than you. You know, yeah. there's always someone worse off than you. But actually, although that's helpful at times, and I think the people who are saying it are trying to be helpful with us, and we might say that to ourselves, actually, we're then made to feel, or we start to feel probably a little bit guilty about what mm-hmm. we're feeling or a little bit shameful about what we're feeling. And then we'll push them away and we'll start to suppress things. That can lead to lots of problems, but it can certainly lead to actually feeling just incredibly numb. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to feel anymore. And it's really important to be in touch with our feelings, isn't it? Um, so I think we, what happens then as a result of that as well is we, we stop seeing the happy feelings, the good feelings, the positive feelings. And you know we talked about extremes of emotions. Happiness is on all sorts of levels mm-hmm. and actually celebrating the small successes in life are the things which can build that happiness and positivity up. So I think it, it can lead us to kind of withdrawing from life and we don't want that. Mm-hmm. So writing it down and accepting those emotions is really important. So do we have any tips then for dealing with emotions that we're uncomfortable with? Yeah, I think we've covered some some different bits within different sections, but obviously um, I think we mentioned kind of noting things down. So journaling and and whether that's journaling in, you know, writing things out, or whether it's more creative. Have you seen those uh, bullet point journals where you can yeah. draw in them and you can yeah, do sections and you can I make it really for, creative? I have a bullet journal for my, the books that I read so that I, I know exactly what I've read during the year. Oh, um, yeah. I look, it's so therapeutic. I yeah. always recommend those to students. And having some, even just having, even if I'm terrible at drawing, I'm awful, but just having some coloured pens, just doing some dots or some swirls or something can sometimes feel like you're releasing some of those difficult emotions. So when you're feeling stressed, doing a little bit of doodling mm. or... Having a little book where you can colour things in. I'm a big fan of adult colouring in. I was just about to say that. (laughs) I would do that because it's so therapeutic. So I think having things like journaling, whether that is something as simple as for the books that you're reading or whether it's more specific and it's an emotions diary where you're noting those down, the emotions that you're feeling, what happened at the time, what you did to kind of move past that can be really helpful in relation to like the stop technique. So you're taking that time, you're stopping in that moment and you're going right, well, how am I feeling? What what can I do about this? And then you can look back on that. So then you go, oh, I'm feeling stressed again. Mm-hmm. What did I do last time? What can I look at doing this time? What can I try? Um, so I think doing those kind of things are really useful. Obviously, physical exercise, going for a walk, going for a run, whatever floats your boat in, in that. Then whether that's with other people or on your own, they, they all help. in small exercise like a walk just yeah. going yes. or it can be if you are really physically active you know doing whatever sport it is that you do that that's a 10k run or yeah i have a student who does rowing and yeah, they yeah. you know they really enjoy that and for them that's a massive stress reliever so it's 
it doesn't matter what other people are doing is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You do on your level. We say, you know, if we say take a walk, we're not saying you have to go for a walk. If for you, you love to do a workout with weights, yeah. do that. If you love to sit on a, a bike bike machine or whatever, then... Yoga. Yeah, anything. then everything, whatever you think is your type, the thing that you enjoy physically, I think it's worth giving it a go or trying different things. It might be that you've never tried yoga or going for a walk when you're feeling stressed so maybe just try a few things and if you think oh that's not for me try something else and connecting with people and we won't Mm. kind of repeat ourselves because our last podcast was all about connection making connections over the summer so if you go back and listen to that podcast that gives some really good tips about that as well so what are we if you're worried about emotions then and and you've listened to this podcast and you've tried these things they're not working for you if you Mm. are kind of a bit worried is there anything that we would recommend to students what would you recommend they do? I love Together All. So you know togetherall.com. We talk about yeah. it all of the time, but it's a fantastic resource. The reason I think it's so fantastic is because it's anonymous. Mm-hmm. So you can work on that in your own time and it's about working on yourself. Um, there are some courses on there on anger and stress and identifying emotions and lots of resources and articles. But I think it just gives you the language to talk to people in. Mm-hmm. And actually doing something like that might just be enough. It might Mm -hmm. just be all you ever need to do, um, and then you might not need to go any further. But if you do, there's lots of other things that can help. I think it's a really good first start, and it's free for all students Mm. um, to to access in their own time. So have a go at it, I think, would be my advice. That's a good idea. Um, Obviously, there's Talking to GP. Yeah, talking to us. Talking to us, yeah. (laughs) We're always Talking to anyone, (laughs) to be honest. We'd always encourage talking to people, whether that's your friends, your peers, your... Um, personal tutor, anyone like that, because mm. even if they don't have the answers, they should then be able to push you towards or or get you to speak to someone who would know or who can point you in the right direction. And there is also, I don't know if you were going to say it, Hayley, but there is also, um, there's blogs on the UOL Student Life app. I would definitely recommend the Student Life well, app. Yeah. There's tons of yeah. them. I said earlier that I'd had a good look yeah. at it yeah. before this podcast, and there were some really helpful things on there, actually. There was blogs and vlogs, so it depends whether you want to read something, whether you want to watch something. But I found a blog um, called The Stress Bucket, um, and it looks at how to identify things that are getting to you and how to deal with them Mm. but it was um using a a theory as well so it goes into quite a lot of detail more than what i thought the student life app did so definitely recommend having a look at that but i think pictures so that stress bucket Mm -hmm. thing we use that with our students all the time because in a moment when you're struggling or in a situation when you're struggling and you want to start working through it using something really simple like a bucket my bucket is overflowing you know how am I going to cope with this it's really helpful it's the visualization isn't it being able to visualize your emotions Um, and we also have Manuel which is a trans inclusive male um, support group really isn't it that um, our advisors run um, to just encourage people talking and sharing and, and connecting with other people that feel the same way as you. So that leads nicely into our mental health advisor, Greg, who actually runs some of the sessions of Manuel and he does lots of things like the allotment the project. Um, and our Danielle is going to do a Q&A with him now uh, all about men's mental health and the importance of coming forward. Hi Greg, thanks for joining me um, for today's podcast which is all about emotional fitness. Um, So I'm just going to ask you a few questions. So the first one is what does emotional fitness mean to you? Okay so I would say it means looking after my emotional well-being as well as my physical health. Mm -hmm. Um, so doing things that I know are good 
good for my mental health and my well-being, um, as well as doing things that are good for my physical health and my physical body. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, why do you think men in particular may find it challenging to talk about their emotions? <laughs> well, I think there's always been a bit of a stigma about men talking about their emotions openly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in society, I think that's something that is changing, but I think a lot of men probably do still find it difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe depending on where you are, the kind of people that you spend time with, mm-hmm. I think that all these are all, all factors. Mm-hmm. But I still think that it exists that a lot of people just don't feel like they can talk about yeah. things. Maybe they don't feel like they'll be listened to or taken seriously. Yeah, I guess this. maybe from like sometimes you base future experiences on previous experiences yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah i think that is changing now um i think each generation that passes people are more accepting and more understanding of, of mental yeah. health difficulties and i think in society when you look at what's going on in the media and a lot of the various campaigns mm. you know, people are talking about it more yeah it's on the agenda more so yeah i think it is changing and it will still change which is good yeah very good. Um, what would you say to any male students to encourage them to reach out if they're struggling? Well, I would say you know, there's absolutely no shame in acknowledging and recognising when you're having a difficult time or you're experiencing some difficult things. I think everyone in their life at some point probably experiences difficult times and mm-hmm. difficult emotions. You know, there's just absolutely no shame in, in saying that you are struggling. So I would say, you know, don't let things fester, don't let things get worse because, you know, you'll probably get to a point where you think, where do I go from here? But if you can preemptively try and access some support and do positive things that you know will help you, mm. you know, like talking to someone, yeah. you know, then the outcome's going to be better if you do nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be my advice, don't hesitate, you know those calls do those do those positive things that you know work yeah nice um i know you kind of mentioned it a little bit um about physical fitness but how would you say you can use physical fitness to improve emotional fitness i don't know if there's anything that you do that you know works or just anything that you could recommend yeah i mean i'm I'm a big believer in looking after my physical health as well Mm -hmm. So I look at a lot of different aspects of that. One of them is sleep. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that I try and get a good night's sleep. Um, I've got kids, so it's kind of making sure that I'm getting the right amount of sleep because I know I'm going to wake up early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm up at six regardless. Yeah. So it's really important for me to get a good chunk of sleep. And for me, that's seven hours, it's fine. Yeah. Um, diet is really important for me as well and things like watching my caffeine. And mm-hmm watching my drink intake, as in my alcohol intake, yeah. I do drink, but you know, just watching mm-hmm. how much I'm drinking, yeah. because the impact that has. And in terms of diet, you know, I, I usually have a system where I have a couple of cheat days a week, and then the rest mm-hmm. of the time I'm eating pretty healthy, yeah. pretty clean. And then working out, you know, so I, I work out probably five times a week. Yeah. I go for bike rides, I go for walks, I do weights and stuff like yeah. that. So all of those things are really important and they all help to contribute towards kind of feeling emotionally stable, you know, feeling like I'm on top of my emotional health as well as my physical health. 
and they're all intertwined. Yeah. And they all help each other. Yeah, I think it's like trying... Sometimes it just takes a while. You just try a few different things, see what works for you, and yeah. kind of yeah. how much time it takes. Like you might have a few physical activities that you like to do, some that take up more of your time than others, but collectively it then starts to make you feel better, doesn't it? And like getting yourself off social media because I, I know everyone talks about that, but I think even myself, I've tried to kind of have a bit of a detox and a cleanse from it and I actually find if I am literally putting my mind to something else physical just going outside for a walk it does genuinely make you feel loads better yeah, it, does, it does I think especially for people who have got busy lives you know um, I speak to a lot of students who say that they're really busy and you know, they find it difficult to fit in those rest breaks or those mm. times where you probably shouldn't do a little bit of exercise or you know, those things will make, help you refocus mm. you know, they'll make you feel like you've done something and achieved something yeah and you can always build in time yeah just small that. goals yeah build yeah. it in slowly cool um, is there anything the Student Wellbeing Centre offer that you think could be mentioned here in terms of benefiting students emotionally yeah I mean there's quite a lot I guess um, well, there's that new project at the college. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Oh, that project, yeah. The one that I run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've got an allotment and it's, a, it's, a, it's such a good space. Mm-hmm. It's such a nice space. So that is at the Lincoln College site on Monks Road. Students through us can access that on a Tuesday. So we've got a morning slot and an afternoon slot. And it's starting to take shape and it's a great space. You know, people... You can interact with people, you know, we can learn some gardening skills or outside. You know, it's a really good environment. Um, yeah. And so far we've had a good number of students accessing it and mm. yeah, the feedback's been really good. So it's had a good uptake as well from male students as well, hasn't mm. it? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. got a right mix, but it's mm. nice to see a lot of male students involved, which yeah. like we said, sometimes they might find it hard to get involved in things, but fortunately it looks like it's quite well received on that end. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we've got a mix of male and female students. Um, so, so far it's been really positive. We've got a, a sports centre referral. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would mean, again, through us, you, you could complete a sports centre referral. Uh, it's a 12-week programme. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have an initial assessment with a, a trainer and look at the outcomes that you want to achieve and then kind of build a plan around that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a weekly session. And we've had a lot of students do that, yeah. actually. Um, and that's been really, really positive. So it's good that we can do that. Yeah. And then usually afterwards they'll give you the option of kind of uh, a gym membership, a oh, okay. gym membership mm-hmm. um, at a student rate, yeah. which is a good rate when you compare it to other gyms. Yeah. So I guess students just access us for drop-in to discuss if they want to kind of attend any of those things or express yeah. their interest. Yeah. Um, fab. And the last one, um, if we could get a tip from you on how to keep emotionally fit, if you could give one tip. Okay, I have to, if I have to just boil it down to one, <laughs> I'll probably say I like the practice of being in the present moment. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult, for, it used to be really difficult for me anyway to allow myself to be in the present moment because I think my mind is quite active and I'm thinking about a lot of things and I'm away in my mind doing a lot of things or in, in yeah. another space but to be able to appreciate the moment you're in so there's a practice called mindfulness I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of people heard of it mm-hmm. 
But essentially it's about using your senses to ground yourself and be in the moment. Yeah. So I, I find a lot of sort of pleasure and beauty in the natural world. So I'll often go out my way to go somewhere that has green space, trees, yeah. flowing water, something like that. And I try and focus in on what I can smell, what I can hear, what I can see. And that helps me to kind of appreciate that moment. Yeah. You know, and not drift away. Yeah. So if you can do something that allows you to be in that moment and enjoy that moment. Yeah. And try and not think about all those things that you're worried about in your life, you know, all those stresses. Mm. Then that would be my tip. Yeah. I think that's a really good tip. Cheers. Oh, thank you. It's all right. Thank you. So I'm here with Adam, who's one of our mental health advisors. Adam, what would your top tip be for the five ways to well-being under Keep Active? My main tip would be um, to make sure that you are in a sustainable routine. Um, so that is something that's going to work for you. Um, so that could be making sure that you are at least going for a walk a day, maybe looking at going for a run. Um, one of the things that I can definitely recommend is the uh, Couch to 5K app, which is a free app that you can download. Um, and it's about starting from a point where you want to start on, um, not looking at others in terms of what they're doing. We all start somewhere, um, but just making sure it's sustainable. Don't set yourself up to fail. Make sure it just works for you. Throughout the podcast, we've been talking about allowing yourself to fully feel emotions and understanding them. So one of the great ways to do that is mindfulness and when I've spoken to students about it in drop-in or appointments they're like what yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is mindfulness so Verity talk to us a little bit about what it is so we can understand yeah so mindfulness is a type of meditation now that might not be meditation in the way that you picture meditation when you think of that word but it's around finding a really useful way of focusing on what you're sensing mm -hmm. what you're feeling and the emotions that are within your body or the things that you're feeling within your body without kind of feeling like you have to interpret that or, or judge yourself for feeling that way. And it's a really good way of relaxing. It's a really good way of reducing stress. And also just taking a second to pause and to have some time for yourself where you think, how am I feeling? What's going on within my body? What, how am I, what am I sensing within different parts of my body? So what are some really good examples then of how to practice mindfulness for those that haven't tried before? Now, I always like to say, try small first yeah. because yes. sometimes yeah. it can be a little bit daunting so who wants to talk us through some of the ways that we can we can practice mindfulness well i think yesterday's a good example because mm -hmm. it was really simple and we weren't conscious of that we were doing it um but we were taking pictures of our environment and actually listening to the sounds and one of the categories in the scavenger hunt was a, a sound that's really restful we chose um, silence yeah. in my group <laughs> <laughs> did you well, we don't yeah. often contemplate yeah, no. silence you do you life is so it. busy mm. but I think one thing I do that I really enjoy is my walk to work so life's hectic um I'm usually running out of the house um running to get public transport and then I'll get off public transport and I'll think actually my walk to work from getting off at the bus stop is actually really nice. Mm. We've got lovely open space, we've got the water, we've got traffic. And I know traffic is actually sometimes feels like, oh my God, what a horrible noise. When you're mindfully listening to it, it's actually really mm. lovely. Yeah. And I almost count myself down to work. So I have this journey, stressful, 
up to a point and then I'll get off and my journey to work is almost like preparing myself for work. So I just notice what's around me, all of the sights, sounds, smells, people, and that walk to work is just lovely. It's like feeling every step. Yeah, just something else I do. It sounds like you're basically saying you're paying attention, slowing down, taking notice of everything. So Verity, what's an example that students could maybe use to do that? So thinking about eating favourite foods or showering? Yeah, I think or... it can be so simple. So it could be that the next time you have a shower, which is obviously something that everybody yeah. does all the time, you really actually think, I'm going to get in and I'm going to think about exactly what's happening. So you're going to feel the water on your skin. You're going to smell the shampoo or the shower gel you're using. You're going to feel the way that the water feels on your body. So it's around a lot of the time, like you say, it's so busy. You get in the shower and you think, oh gosh, I've got to wash and I've got to do this and I've got to do that and then I've got to get out and I've got to carry on with my day. So it's around taking actually 10 minutes, 20 minutes in the shower. That's the perfect time for you to go, right, how am I feeling? What am I feeling? Let's take a really kind of restful start to the day, especially when you have your shower first thing in the morning. It can be so busy. Mm. So it's around taking that time to really live in that moment of, I'm feeling this as it's happening. To just really allow to live and, and yeah. enjoy it. That's such a good tip, actually, because when I'm in the shower, sometimes I'm so busy about thinking, what do I need to do yeah. today? I get yeah. out and think, yeah. did I actually shampoo my hair? Yeah. I can't <laughs> yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. So actually yeah. being really mindful in that is is really nice. Because then you'll think, I definitely did, because yeah. I remember that my shower gel and it smelled yeah. like coconut yeah. or something <laughs> like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's a really good tip and something that students can do yeah. every day. Um, I think as well, you know, there's more structured mindfulness exercises as well. So we do things like focus on your breathing. Um, there's lots of breathing mindfulness tips and, and there's loads on our website. There's a student life um, blog about that. Yeah. Um, and there's also a blog, which I didn't know they'd done this, but on the student life app, they've got the 20-ish questions with Roger Bretherton, who's an associate professor in the School of Psychology. And he actually explores mindfulness-based strengths within that blog. So yeah. if you want to know a little bit more about mindfulness and how to to do that and look in things like body scans. I know we speak yeah. that a lot yeah. in um, our drop-ins. And yeah. I know, Verity, you were saying that um, you say to students about the body scan and they have no idea yeah. what the body scan is. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little yeah, bit about Yeah, yeah, that's, that's my go-to one. So body scan meditation or body scan mindfulness is the one I would say I, I do the most or I encourage the most. So if you wanted to try it, um, I've not got a particularly soothing voice, but if you want to try it now, you basically need to just set aside some time where you can be in a quiet place, no distractions, no interruptions, whether that's in bed or whether that's you know outside if you've got a garden space things like that and you literally lie on your back whether that's on a mat or like I said on your bed and extend your legs arms at your side palms facing upwards and it's basically you focus your intention slowly and deliberately on each part of your body in order so from head to toe or toe to head so I tend to start with my toes thinking about each toe thinking about your feet your ankles and slowly working your way up and feeling any sensations, any emotions, any thoughts that come from that. So do I have a bit of pain in my foot? Have I got a blister from mm. the day before? And it's really feeling everything as you're going through your body. And I think that's a really good start for doing mindfulness because it's so simple. You don't need music. You don't need someone talking you through yeah. it. You literally think about your body and entirely focus on it. And I think that's a really good one to start with for students. Definitely. I think a lot of people have put off the word meditation yes. because they think, oh my goodness, I can't empty my mind, mm. it's too full. Mm. But actually mindfulness is about acknowledging that. Yeah. I know my mind's full, 
but this is just that time for me that I'm going to take some time out to just notice how full my mind is and how my body feels. So I think it's just it's such an easy thing to adapt into life, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's really important for students to know as well that, and this is the way that I describe it, it's not something you're going to be able to just do. Yeah. It does take time yeah. and effort. A little bit like going to the gym. You work, yeah. you know, you wouldn't go into the gym for the first time and run 10K on the running machine. So it's about building yourself up to what type of mindfulness meditation you can do. And if you do want some more um, guided um, meditation or a bit more guidance in, in sort of tips on how to do it, then maybe download the Headspace app. Yeah, because they have yeah, some yeah. really good um, things on there. So have a look at that as well. So I'm here with Misha, who's one of our student wellbeing administrators. So Misha, what would your top tip be for the five ways to wellbeing under Take Notice? I think it's important to look for beauty in the unexpected. For example, take a walk out in nature and look out for beautiful colours, smells and sounds. I think it's best to try and go unplugged without your phone to really take notice and embrace being in nature. Thank you. So I mentioned in that last segment there about Roger Bretherton and um, the Student Life app having a blog uh, interviewing him and we've been really lucky to work with him as a team actually haven't we Carrie so tell us a little bit about what he's been doing with us before well we actually you know we talked about character strengths and the importance of that we did a project with Roger as a team to really identify our own character strengths using mindfulness to bring them out and to focus on them and work on them. And we did it as a team. So uh, about a year and a half ago, we started to look into this. And it's really helped us understand ourselves and who we are as individuals, but actually what floats our boat as a team. Um, there's a website that you can use to analyse your own character strengths. And there are 24 all together and it kind of gives you your top five. I was quite surprised by mine, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but really, character strengths are just about what makes us us. So I think we were talking about how do we be the best version of us that we can be? So how do we, we talked about resilience, we talked about emotions. And this is about understanding us. Because um, a lot of what we feel about ourselves comes from other people often. We'll internalise those messages, won't we? And we'll think, oh, well, I'm that kind of a person. Yes. Actually, yeah. no, you're not. You are you. Um, and I think it just helps with relationships, helps you solve problems. Um, and it's about treating yourself kindly. So we've talked about kindness about being compassionate to yourself because if you're not mm. compassionate to you who's going to be mm. um, but I think it's really about that real understanding of you how you tick and how you focus on different mm. things and why so it's really helped me so what are your character strengths then Carrie let's talk through yours well <laughs> I thought my top one would be humour okay but yeah. that shows how little understanding I have myself <laughs> I think that's about, <laughs> that was about number 20 um, well, but actually, about yourself laugh, Carrie, that's yeah, fine. <laughs> self laugh and often can be seen laughing. Um, really, my, my top one's appreciation of nature and beauty, which absolutely sums me up. I'm not surprised that that's you. Yeah. yeah. And then kindness and fairness, and they're all really important values to me. Yeah. What about you two? Because you did the test, didn't you? Yes. You did yesterday, you yes. did yours. Um, I did mine yesterday. My top one was honesty, um, and then love and social intelligence, which social intelligence, I wasn't sure what that meant but when I read into it it's basically that I have a good awareness of how other people are feeling um I don't know if that's true but that's what it says on there like you yeah <laughs> what about you Verity? so you? my top one was love and I wasn't surprised Aww. I love love um and then appreciation of beauty and then kindness and I think 
I was quite pleased with them. They're quite, they're the they kind of things that I would want myself to have as character strengths. Um, we talked about some of the ones that were right down there, right at the bottom. So yeah. I think my lowest one was, or one of the lower ones was bravery. I'm not particularly a brave person. And I think it's quite useful to know what your top ones are and what the ones are maybe that you want to work on. Because yeah. there were some things I thought, actually, do you know what? I would love to see myself as a little bit more brave. So maybe that's something that I work on. Mm. So I think it's quite good for getting that awareness of, what are those strengths and what are things that maybe if you want to work on, you work, you can work on. But there might be some things down the bottom that you're quite pleased to be down the bottom. I think actually um, that's okay for it to be yeah. down there. Yeah. I think for me, working with students, so even at a drop-in, for example, you can have a student who's feeling really actually quite negative about themselves and about a situation maybe that they're in. But if you can point out what strengths they've used in that situation, wow, it's really uplifting for them. So I can say to them, I can see that you've been really fair so you're demonstrating a, a huge amount of fairness in your approach. And they're like, whoa, yeah. I never saw myself like that. So as well as understanding how we feel, I think when Hayley was talking about social intelligence, it's really helped me in my relationships with other people mm, to yeah. actually help them draw on their strengths. So it's been a real, a real good journey yeah. for me. And it's helped us as a team, hasn't it, develop and reflect more on situations, I think, as well. Like, I think when we talk as a team in our huddles or team meetings we can't we know each other's strengths yes. character strengths and we work better as a team because of that i i think anyway yeah, absolutely um, and i think that's that's really nice um so in terms of how do we get started with doing this so if a student wants to have a go carrie what would you well, we just go to viacharacter.org. Which That's is what we a, did yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It's a free, I mean, you can pay for content, but the free content is enough. And on there, it will explain all of the 24 character strengths and how we can actually use them. But importantly, which is what we've done, um, you can do your own little self-assessment and find out what really motivates you and what's your what your biggest strengths are. And I would recommend doing it not once a year, maybe a little bit more regularly. Mm because depending on what's happening for you or what you're learning through this process i do think they might move around a little bit things will change definitely so i think it's in terms of self-awareness a tool for self-awareness it's brilliant and it really does keep you in tune with that with you so do it regularly you know maybe every few months and just see if there are any changes i agree i think it's all so positive as well isn't it it's really uplifting yeah um so yeah i think that all students should should give it a go definitely so as we come to a close of the podcast we always pick one thing that would take away and what we would recommend to students so Carrie what's your one thing from today's podcast I think that's really difficult this week because it's been really interesting and informative for me but I won't be greedy I will definitely pick one (laughs) and for me it's just reflecting on yesterday with that well-being exercise take your camera stroke mobile phone out wherever you go and really just take note of what you like around Mm. you you know you might make your home own little phone file of happy memories and things that make you feel good so that would definitely be mine yeah what about yours then Verity? i think mine would be in relation to mindfulness i think it's something that people are a little bit scared of the idea of doing it and it's not something they instantly think i'll give that a go so i would say Try having a mindful walk, a mindful shower, whether you're just taking each step and just focusing on what you're doing and try and just incorporate a little bit of mindfulness into your daily daily life. And mine is something that Carrie said right at the beginning of the podcast about being your own champion. And I think that's so, so important to back yourself and 
to feel positive about yourself and acknowledge it's okay because I think people think oh don't be so big headed don't be bragging actually no go out there and brag about yourself it's alright to do that so yeah being your own champion is definitely uh, what I will take away from this podcast so that's it for this month's uh, Wellbeing World the podcast so we've spoken all about emotional fitness so hopefully you've got a little bit more of an idea of what what it is is. (laughs) Um, obviously this is brought to you by University of Lincoln Student Wellbeing Centre we are still open during the summer I know a lot of people this is obviously an August podcast I know a lot of people I think we're closed and we're not so we're here still contact (laughs) us uh, in the usual way and obviously we all our social media if you follow that really good idea because we keep all of things up to date on there what's going on um, and obviously you can listen to previous podcasts um through spotify or if you sent this link by an advisor you can just go back um so thank you so much for joining us and listening and thank you to verity and carrie for joining me today as thank well you. thank you <laughs> so we'll see you next time bye Bye-bye. bye bye